And uh, funnily enough, uh, seven days later, he came back to me and said, hey, I cannot believe what you did. And I was, hey, well, <laughs> I, I did nothing. I just gave you some tips yeah, about what happened. And he, uh, he actually sent me a screenshot. And I think it was really an increase of 400% of his organic downloads just because of this very small wow. action. Yeah. Podcast. Hey there, don't forget to comment, subscribe and share this episode. It's really important for us. And now to the episode itself. Hey, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome to the sixth episode of Games and Names podcast, a place where we talk with different experts from game dev industry about their professional experience as well as stories. In other words, we talk about games and people in them. My name is Tan, I'm your usual host and also VP of product at AppMagic, an analytical service for analyzing mobile markets and gaining actionable insights. Today, we've got a really captivating topic and two special guests. Well, one of them is my dear favorite co-host, Yasser Kron. Yasser, hey there, man. Hey, Stan, how's it going? Good, good to see good. you again. And this time, real proper guest, Thomas Kribernek, co-founder and managing director of AppRadar. Thomas, welcome. Thank you very much, Stan. Happy to be here today. Also, hi, Yasser. Hi, Thomas. <laughs> good to have you, man. Welcome. Yeah, glad to have you. All right, so what we are talking today... Actually, we are talking about a pretty hot topic. We're talking about AI-based instruments and solutions and how they can be used in game development, especially for ASO and marketing. Because usually this part of the game development is the most difficult, is the most challenging, and thus AI-based instruments can work and shine the best there. In general, right now, IT industry is absolutely crazy about AI-based instruments. I mean text, I mean generating images, generating 3D models, generating music, basically generating anything, except for food, which is a shame, but still. So there are a lot of models available publicly, and people are hyped about all the possibilities. And I know for sure there are some companies out there, including big corporations, that already included these kind of tools in their pipelines. So today we would try to understand what are the possible implementations of AI-based tools in the marketing and ASO. How to use it, what are pros and cons, what are the possible pitfalls, and what should be considered when talking about it. But before that, let us take a step and talk a little bit about Thomas. So Thomas, maybe there is something you want to add. Yeah, uh, I mean, first of all, thank you very much, guys, for having me here on the podcast. Yeah, really a pleasure uh, to talk about uh, mobile games as well as about uh, abstract optimization and AI, which I think uh, sums up very much also my kind of personal interest or fields of interest. Yeah? So uh, I've been working in the space of digital marketing now since nearly 20 years or maybe even a little bit more than 20 years, something like 12 years ago when apps uh, started to became a thing. This was also the time for me when I started to specialize in the area of app marketing. And a little bit later, also played around with my first mobile games, uh, which I was uh, producing by myself and also releasing to the app stores. Uh, eventually also had some luck with some copycat games there as well. Yeah. Oh, that's but, interesting. <laughs> yeah, we had a whole episode about cloning and copycatting. Oh, okay. yes. Uh, yes. The, yeah. the, I would say that's Very my nice. origin of uh, mobile game marketing, uh, actually. Yeah. So I kind of uh, came from 
this area, but also then identified that I'm not uh, the best, uh, let's say, the game designer and not the best guy coming up with ideas over there. But uh, during the process, I kind of uh, figured out that uh, actually marketing for mobile games is something that I seem to be quite talented in. And uh, that was also the reason why I started to specialize in this area even more, uh, which led uh, to a little bit later founding AppRadar. Back then, uh, when we started out, it was a keyword tracking tool for mobile apps and mobile games within the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store so that you could find out, you know, like which apps and games are ranking for which keywords as well as uh, what are people searching for when they click on the search icon within the app stores. Uh, so mm -hmm. coming from this point of view and trying to match this kind of together. And uh, since then, well, we built actually a lot of uh, different software solutions, but as well as uh, services as well. Uh, over here at AppRadar, where we help uh, apps and mobile games to become more visible within the app stores and also help them to promote them outside of the app stores as well on uh, kind of every uh, major social uh, network or uh, ad platform that you can imagine. Amazing. I have a question just to kick us off right away, Thomas. For the uninitiated out there, for those who perhaps are not as um, knowledgeable about the marketing side of games, what all goes into uh, a game showing up in the App Store and being successful there, could you just kind of describe a little bit the basics of ASO? Could you give us a crash course in Perfect. App Store optimization? Great question. Great question. And happy to give you here the crash course on ASO. Yeah. So Excellent. I think uh, number one, yeah. So ASO is kind of, uh, I would say we can split it up into two subcategories categories. Category number one is being found when somebody searching for a relevant keyword. And uh, the second subcategory is also that when people see your game within the App Store, that they also think, oh, okay, I need to click on the download button. I need to install. I want to play this. So these are the two areas of App Store optimization. Uh, on area number one, it is all about keyword optimization, which starts with keyword research. And I would also go one step further and also say uh, trend research as well, uh, because also back then in my copycat game and I still think uh, in the copycat game that is still alive uh, nowadays yeah uh, trying to hit trends is the one thing that you want to do because this means that a lot of people are searching for something very specific within the app store and obviously if your game is being found uh, there that is great because then you will get a lot of uh, organic downloads which you don't have to pay for and that is uh, really amazing yeah but also over the years uh, the game got a little bit more complicated I would say with now more or less uh, around about 5 million apps within the game, uh, within the within the app stores. Yeah. So it's a quite crowded place, uh, which means that you have to go a little bit deeper just to put one, you know, trending keyword into the title and that's it. Yeah. So therefore, uh, you know, doing a proper keyword research, uh, trying to identify what are people searching for when they want to play a game like yours um, is a very crucial part of the process. Also identifying how competitive are those keywords and do you still have a chance to be found on those keywords as well or in other words uh, if you release a new game and you put um, i don't know pvp shooter in the title and you think of you will rank a number one now if somebody's searching for a pvp shooter that's not <laughs> gonna happen in okay. uh, in any case yeah because it's just too crowded so therefore uh, yeah when you especially have a new game you have to choose keywords that you have also a chance to be uh, found on so to say with a little bit lesser competition but obviously still people searching for those keywords so that is kind of part 
number one, you know, like trying to identify the best keywords, uh, the most relevant ones where you also have a chance to be found on. Yeah. And part number two is really about uh, optimizing the conversion rates within the app stores. And that is kind of, uh, I would say, narrowed down into the topic of um, optimizing your app icon, which is, I think, one of the most crucial conversion drivers out there, as mm -hmm. well as followed by optimizing your screenshots and especially the first ones, uh, because this is what most people will see within the app stores. And so therefore, this is where you can uh, optimize the hell out of it, I would even say, to convert as much traffic as possible that you get to your app store page to also download your game at the end of the day. Yeah, with all that competition in the industry, it makes a lot of sense that there's an entire branch of our industry dedicated to optimizing this process. So exactly. amazing. But with that knowledge, I guess we can now embark into the world of AI and its effects on that system. Say, let's imagine a situation. Uh, Yasa and I, we decided to launch a game company of, of our own, a proud indie company making mobile games. And we have a great experience in game design and producing, but not so much in ASO and marketing and optimizing this part of the funnel. So what instruments should we consider and how they can help us, I mean, AI-based instruments, of course, to achieve better conversion, better optimization, better basically everything. Great. Yeah. Let's start into it. Yeah. So first of all, um, I would recommend you guys in this scenario to do some kind of market research and to think of what are current trends happening within the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, now I have to say that the chat GPT, for example, is a little bit limited in terms of the data that they're aggregating. So it's a little bit outdated and might not be the most useful tool for that. Yeah. But there are some other tools out there, uh, for example, that are help you and that can help you to analyze TikTok trends or something like that. So that can already be a really great source of you know like ideas what is currently going on in the world outside what are people interested in and once again you know coming up with some ideas of you know how could your game or on what theme could you you know base it or you know what are kind of mechanics maybe even that are currently very trending yeah? so I, that's the thing stan i forgot when we were making this game company did we decide yeah. what kind of game we were going to make or did we <laughs> just want to start blindly and, and go search and then i guess thomas like can we just go do research of the entire industry or is it more helpful to choose a genre beforehand yeah i mean depending on your development skills i would say no <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> you know but in general yeah yeah that is true that was a very good observation so usually we have to do a proper market research beforehand so understand what are the genres out there for example in casual niches how deep we can go what kind of expertise we already have so how yeah. it can be used in one exact genre or in different niches and what can be the success rate, I might say, so that we will invest our time, our resources in something that will end up successful. Yeah. So that's the first step. Makes yeah. a lot of sense indeed. That's and then you were talking about TikTok trend analysis. That's really interesting, Thomas, because you talk a little bit more about that. What kind of what do those tools show us then? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, uh, generally speaking, trends on TikTok, there are multiple ways where you can, can get there and also uh, evaluate, uh, let's say, the search volume in the background as well. Yeah. So even there are there's an official source of TikTok, uh, how you can get this data and really find out, you know, like, what is it, what people are currently searching for on TikTok. And once again, this can be really something great for you. And now already taking this one step further and combining it with ChatGPT, for example. So taking this as some kind of source 
source data as well, you know, just doing a copy and paste of a list of the 300 most trending keywords on TikTok, for example. Mm. Uh, you can take this list, you paste it into ChatGPT and you ask it, can you give me some examples of a great game that I want to develop that can match any of those trends, any of those keywords that are currently going on in the genre of an action casual game, for example. And then mm. once again, you can already utilize here AI with now up-to-date data to get some inspiration on which game you can actually build. And the great thing here is, uh, once again, uh, that you are hitting trends. So this is really something that is going on there. I mean, obviously, you know, like trends can be also very short term. Yeah. So therefore, I would obviously recommend to do some kind of background check as well. You know, like how long is this already something that is trending? Is it only here now for one day and then it will be gone again? So maybe not the best idea to base a game on this one. But if it's something maybe that's even recurring, that would be the best. Yeah. So talking about seasonality, something that is coming every summer, for example, like a water splash game or something like that, you know, <laughs> um, that could be something that could be a great source uh, for yeah developing a game. And here also my recommendation in the beginning would also be, you know, the, don't go for the triple A game uh, in the beginning. Try to do something more on the casual, maybe hyper casual gaming side mm -hmm. as well, because right. it will help you to get uh, easier your product to market, so to say, and to also evaluate uh, the, how big is the market, uh, so to say. And uh, once the game gets going, you know, like obviously then you can build something crazier bigger out of it as well yeah? mm, but yeah. once again that would be a little, a little bit my recommendation like how, how to get this process started yeah yeah sounds good i think that you've mentioned it usually tiktok trends are followed by hyper casual games because uh, the development time is really short there so you can find some kind of a trend that is popular right now and you will be able to jump on this hype wave and to grasp some some real good uh, players and users Uh, we ended up with some kind of an idea. We're going maybe hyper casual or say casual. What are our next steps? So how should we consider the ASO part and the mm -hmm. marketing part? And how can we use the other instruments like ChatGPT in mm -hmm. these exact places? Good. So the next step that I would recommend you guys is to come up with some kind of document where you describe the game that you're working on. So this can be, you know, like some kind of internal briefing on the one hand side, where once again, you're like chat GPT can be a great support here as well, because you, you know, you just have to give it some couple of keywords and it can come up with a completely fully fledged, uh, so to say, uh, game concept in the background as well as description. First of all, for you guys to align, but also if you get freelancers on board as well, that you have something that you can show them. This can be you know, like a really being some kind of concept document where you just write it down. You're like, what is the game about? What is the topic? What what has the player to do? What is the game mechanic in the background? Are there different levers? How to pass those levers and so on and so forth. So here, uh, once again, ChatGPT can be a really great source because you can also you re really utilize it as an assistant. And this is also kind of I would say one of the, I would say mindsets that you kind of also need to familiarize yourself with when you start to work with AI at the current time. Yeah, uh, If we talk in one year, maybe the statement would be different. Yeah? <laughs> but at the current time, we're talking about AI as an assistant. Yeah, So I think we, we all played a little bit of ChatGPT and we found out it does great stuff, but not at a 100% level. Yeah? So I would say for most of the cases, I would say for, for me personally, I would consider it as something like 85 to 90% great, but not 100%. 
percent. So this means that for to really make it great, you have to go the last 10 to 15 percent by yourself, which means that you have to take what ChatGPT gives you and you have to kind of partish it. You have to extend it. Maybe you have to change some things because they don't make too much sense. But once you do this, I mean, obviously, you know, coming up with something with 100 percent from zero, you know, is way more work than, you know, just doing the last 10 percent, obviously. So therefore, once again, uh, ChatGPT can support you here really a lot with coming up with this kind of gain concept. And one of the things that I would also recommend it at this stage already is to think about marketing. Because mm -hmm. think about how the game will be represented within the app stores and how to think about it. You know, just open up uh, the app store on your smartphone and you will see, okay, it is a lot about visuals. So we need an app icon. We need a screenshot. And super important, we will need the title. We will need the subtitle. And we will also need some kind of description. And this is once again something where ChatGPT, for example, can already kick in and save you a lot of work because you can just tell it based on the concept that you just wrote. Now think of being the marketer of this game and come up with a description of this game, including a title that is maximum 30 characters long and contains the most important keywords to describe this game. So this is already something you like where you can utilize uh, ChatGPT with, uh, you know, I would say very, very little effort, but for really a lot of impact, because uh, what it does is it really supports you in coming up with a description for your mobile game, which you can then later take and copy and paste and put it into the App Store and put it into the Google Play Console. And this will already give you a great start. Also here, maybe a little bit as the advanced uh, kind of pro tip already, because it's just uh, very much present in my mind. Um, I was recently giving a, a lecture at a conference that was directed for mobile gaming. And uh, there uh, I was also talking about how to utilize uh, ChatGPT for your ASO and uh, was talking about how you can also use it for keyword research. And uh, mm -hmm. one of the things also here that I would recommend in this regard is once again, ChatGPT. GPT, utilizing it as your assistant. When you come up with a new idea, let's face the, the truth, yeah, chances are that there is probably something already similar within the App Store. Mm -hmm. uh, so this means you can also take this that is already there and, you know, take the description, for example, of a competitor game, put it into ChatGPT and uh, tell it once again, hey, I want you to act as a marketer. This is the description of my competitor mobile game within the App Store. Help me to come up with something better. Help me to extract the keywords that I can then also enter into my keyword field with an App Store Connect. And while I was uh, giving this presentation, after the presentation, actually, uh, one of the guys from the audience came up to me and told me, hey, that sounded so easy that you were just telling. I, I cannot believe that this process is so easy, you know, like how, yeah. you know, how can this be done? Yeah. And I just told him, hey, okay, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's try it out. Yeah. Uh, open up ChatGPT on your laptop. He was opening up. Yeah. I was asking him the question, is the game already live? And he said, yeah, it's already live. Then I said to him, okay, take the description of your game, put it into ChatGPT and tell it it should come up with keywords that you can put into App Store Connect. He did exactly that. And then I was logging in together with him into his App Store Connect account. And then I saw one of the biggest beginner mistakes. And also here is a kind of a tip for you guys as well. Yeah? <laughs> uh, really fill up all the space that you have in App Store Connect on the keyword field. So it's 100 characters. And one of the biggest beginner mistakes that I see is that people are only entering two keywords, maybe three keywords and ending up at 20 out of 100 characters. Mm -hmm. And the thing why this is so important is because, I mean, Apple is a great company, but they are not a search engine, you know, company like Google, for example. So this means right. you have to feed the algorithm with the keywords that are relevant or, you know, like, you know, your game be found on within the app stores. Yeah. 
as you know, you know, guys. And I was telling him exactly that, you know, just take the keywords that ChatGPT gave you, put it into your keyword field, uh, put save and push it live with the next uh, update that you're doing. And uh, funnily enough, uh, seven days later, he came back to me and said, hey, I cannot believe what you did. And I was, hey, well, <laughs> I, I did nothing. I just gave you some tips yeah, about what happened. And he, uh, he actually sent me a screenshot. And I think it was really an increase of 400% of his organic downloads just because of this very small wow. action. Yeah. Wow. He already had some kind of, you know, you know, crazily amount of downloads, but he was at around 100 downloads per day. And, you know, if you can boost this to 400 downloads a day with, I think it was 10 minutes of work, not too, you know, not too bad in terms of return on invest, I would say. Yeah? It's a really smart way to think about this and um, allowing ChatGPT to just in an instant do that research, do that analysis that would otherwise take a human valuable uh, man hours. Like that's that's a really great contribution. Totally, totally. And uh, I think also here, you know, just I think one of the, the best skills that you can actually have when working with AI is, I would say, some kind of leadership skills, because it's, uh, you know, like a lot about, you know, like I have a task that needs to be done. And the better I can describe this task, the better I can describe the outcome that I'm looking for, the better the research will be at the end of the day. And I think you know, like this reminds me actually a lot about leadership or working in a team, uh, doing teamwork, you know, the better you can communicate with others what you want you know like what drives you forward what you're looking for you know the better the research so i think that this mindset uh, i think is also very important here when talking about how to work with ai yeah i do have one kind of question well an anecdote of my own and i wanted oh. to hear your point of view on it thomas and stan also i was with a buddy of mine a good friend and colleague uh, we were at pocket gamer in london and AI was just kind of like ChatGPT 3.5, I believe, had just been released. It everyone was buzzing, buzzing, buzzing about it. And uh, his name is Cheyenne. He uh, asked ChatGPT to design a match three game for him. And to our great amazement, ChatGPT created this wonderful pitch for a game called Farm to Table, where you're matching vegetables. Very similar, actually. Now that I think about it, to um, one of King's games, actually. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, you know, AI is always going to kind of be regurgitating the stuff that's already out there. That's important for us to remember. But I, I was kind of pushing it on the game design because as a game designer, I love these systems. Cheyenne, a system designer, we both wanted to know how it was working. And I have to say that while it sounded really good, the design and the concepts, it wasn't complete. That mm. that eighty percent that you're talking about, Thomas. I would actually, if I, from a game designer point of view, were to evaluate it, I would say it was closer to sixty, maybe fifty mm. percent. It it was able to give me a really intriguing idea that sounded great, but mm -hmm. the limitation was still there. So, can we talk a little bit about the limitations of AI that we should be careful not to fall into the pitfalls of? Because someone with less experience, perhaps in whatever field, might think, "Perfect, I have my game pitch. Let's go to the." <laughs> Investor meeting, but their game is full of holes. So, like, let's or ChatGPT's game. Curious what you think about the limitations of the tool. Yeah, really great point. Yeah. So uh, once again, uh, I would also, you know, on a high level, uh, if it is communication to somebody else, you know, check it out. You know, if it's an email that you're writing or something like that, you know, if it's uh, you know not something that you're using internal, be sure to double check what the output is. Yeah, because um, as we just said, you know, you are not at 100% quality right at the moment. That's just not gonna happen. Yeah, 
I mean, depending if the task is super easy, then maybe yes, yeah. But uh, for the topics that we're talking about uh, there, it's it's not there yet, yeah. So therefore, it's really important to make this double check. But also here, uh, one of the, the biggest findings that I also made while uh, actively using ChatGPT is, even though if it's maybe not in the first try at 100%, you can also give it feedback. And you can also tell, hey, look, uh, what you prepared is really great. But number slide or slide number five of the pitch deck for our new game, somehow it's not there yet. I don't feel it. I don't get the message. It's too confusing. It's too complicated. It's too widespread or whatever. The better also, once again, you can give here the feedback. What is wrong? You know, like what would you expect as the perfect result? The better kind of you are having this conversation uh, and chatting with ChatGPT, the better the output will also be. And then you can give it some time to also increase really the quality and the output of the quality, especially. So this means, uh, you know, to get from 80 to 100% or depending wherever the starting point is, yeah, doesn't mean that you have to take everything now and then put it into Google Slides and do the complete <laughs> groundwork there again from, from <laughs> scratch, you know. Uh, you can keep, uh, you can stay in ChatGPT until you are at the 100% or at the 99%. Uh, and then you can you know, really take it and copy and paste the stuff uh, out there in, you know, like whatever kind of medium you want, so to say. Yeah? Actually, it's pretty funny, Yes, you've mentioned this exact situation because I've got an anecdote of my own and also a small tip. I might say. So the anecdote part is that right now at AppMagic, in our research and development department, we are working with uh, something pretty interesting, an instrument combining AI base with uh, deep level deconstructions and also the analytical information from the main product. So the main idea is that uh, usually the main reason why ChatGPT can't get a really good answers in so specific areas is because it, it lacks the knowledge base. Mm. So there is no dedicated knowledge base for it. And creating this unique knowledge base and sprinkling it with some data might result in a much better quality of the answers that you can get. So that's the main idea. Not sure we will end up with some final result because it's a total work in progress, but I already can see that going from version to version, the results are getting better and better. And like, I'm so impressed because like five years ago, I couldn't even think about that this can be possible. And a small advice or tip. So recently I was like this weekend, I was reading an article about how ChatGPT works, uh, the whole like 3.5, then the 4. The ChatGPT is basically T9 on steroids, which is true. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny, but it is true. T nine being the uh, like the word completion thing, right? Yeah, that it yeah, guesses yeah. the from, word. From, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. like from yeah. I yeah. would totally agree with that to a yeah. certain extent. Uh. And um, the tip is if you use in each and every prompt that you want, if you want your results to be better, especially for some difficult tasks that you are not sure about, you might want to use the phrase "divided into a step to step solution" or "step to step thinking." Because the moment it begins to show the thinking process, it, it itself begins somehow magically to receive better results. So it's just like with a, I don't know, with a third grade student who tries to solve a mathematical example and that first comes up with the wrong answer. And then you say, okay, so let's sit down and you will show me step by step what was your solution. And mm -hmm. in most of the cases, because I used to be a private tutor in mathematics, and in most of the cases, they will end up with the right solution. You've changed mm -hmm. nothing. You just mm -hmm. ask them to go step by step. Interesting. 
Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. I also think that one of the limitations is still there a little bit when it comes to numbers, because uh, I have the feeling that also, you know, like uh, also here, once again, if you're uploading, you know, financial data of your latest game or something like that, uh, don't take the first uh, answer that you get from ChatGPT as already, you know, like that's it. Yeah, just make a little bit of a double check. Yeah, Stan, I think mm -hmm. uh, as you described, ask it, how did you come up with this is also a great step uh, to make here the double check as well. But nevertheless, uh, especially with the latest released uh, code interpreter for ChatGPT4, I mean, that, you know, where you can upload the CSV file with data from, you know, whatever you want, more or less. Uh, I would especially see this uh, with the data that you guys are having at AppMagic. Uh, you know, if you combine this, you know, I think, you know, you can do really, really wild stuff there as well in terms of, you know, show me the fastest growing categories or something like that. Or yeah, exactly. You know, that's... <laughs> Uh, I think there, there, there. You can do a lot of wild stuff, yeah. <laughs> So Thomas, when it comes to like using, is there any way we can kind of like combine these different things? Could, can we, is there a workaround? And this is something I genuinely don't know. So I might, it might just technically not be possible yet, but is there a way for us to feed images to, into an AI tool and say, extract the trends from these, from these screenshots, from these marketing materials, you know, in the same way that we were using in this, you know, hypothetical situation, chat GPT to analyze the keywords out of uh, a bunch of data from TikTok. Can we also feed a tool images to get the same kind of insights? That is a really great question. And I think that from at least what I've seen, it's kind of, uh, I, would, I would say on the soon to be possible uh, you know like limitation i would say maybe there are some tools already out there that can really support with that yeah Mm -hmm. um, for me, kind of while you were framing the question, what was triggered in my head is one of the first uh, answers to it uh, was, uh, for example, a tool like make.com, uh, which is something like Zapier, uh, which you can also use as an alternative, but make.com seems to be a little bit more into the AI world. What it does, it is a more or less a graphical interface where you can connect uh, multiple tools uh, based on an API level with each other, yeah? So what you can do is, for example, you can uh, say, um, based on um, this uh, tweet from this uh, Twitter page, please come up with a blog post and create uh, some images for the blog post, as well as create the hero image uh, then for for our promotion on our Facebook page, for example. Yeah. What? That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. so I just looked it up. It's yeah, very, very it's, cool. It's, it's, you know, it's insane, but, you know, because there are no limitations. So the, the only limitation is more or less uh, what you have in your head. Yeah. So wow. kind of, you know, this is where you can go really wild. And there are, uh, you know, on the one hand side, generative AI in the topic of, uh, you're, you know, like really generating an AI image based on text. But mm -hmm. there are already other tools that are helping you do exactly the other way around, yeah, where you can mm -hmm. upload an image and then you can also let the AI describe what is shown on the image, yeah, which is also when we just think about it, you know, like a computer can describe what it sees on an image without, you know, <laughs> seeing the image, you know, that's uh, that's also crazy. Mind-blowing. <laughs> mind-blowing, yeah, I uh, know, it's, it's really mind-blowing, yeah. And so, you know, like uh, if you bind uh, things like that together, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe it's already possible now, yeah, and maybe you know like some smart uh, guys already using it yeah but i could also imagine that for the future it might be something you know like very interesting as well yeah right yeah because again that role of the assistant gets even more 
robust, you know, so, and then you can, I know that there was a lot of fear for a while about like, oh, is AI going to replace workers? And I think, yes, it will. Some people, for sure. even now, it will, it already has. And probably more and more, um, more and more jobs might become involved with AI. But to me, the main thing that I see, especially in the coming time, is that it's like a force multiplier. Mm. It's going to yeah. speed us yeah. all up. Yeah. Yeah. Like the amount of time that, you know, I as a game designer need to spend brainstorming different mechanics for a, a live ops feature, for example, can mm -hmm. be cut down massively because I can have someone just kind of, or not someone, sorry, <laughs> Some, uh, so, something, something. <laughs> yeah. the AI uh, friend do that for me. Like, uh, do you not worry, Thomas, for your industry and for your, for your company and the rise of AI? I mean, to be honest, yeah, for sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I think that right at the moment, you're like, uh, we're still kind of in the beginning stage of AI uh, here in some kind of way. I think, you know, like, uh, let's face the truth, you know, the last long email that I wrote by myself, uh, I think it was more than <laughs> half a year ago, you know. Wow. Uh, so that this, uh, you know, like already coming, you know, like uh, being an assistant already since quite some time, yeah. I also read a lot of, you know, like very interesting quotes around that, yeah, because we've also seen it, you know, like with industrial revolution as well exactly uh -huh. kind of yeah. the same topic yeah, yeah. yeah. Um for sure it killed jobs i mean that is you know like out of question yeah but uh, also on the other hand side jobs the, there were new jobs formed and those were kind of let's say better probably than the other ones that were killed and i think it's also very similar in terms of uh, looking at it from an evolutionary side you know if i get the basics done by a machine you know then i can build up on the basics and do something with it and i think that this is also pushing us as the human beings on this planet also to a different uh, level also in terms of you know, like uh, efficiency and productivity as well and which will end up also in more progress over time so mm -hmm. i think uh, kind of uh, for me personally my mindset is you know like familiarizing myself as good as possible you know like what is out there what is going on trying to think of how can i incorporate it into my workflow but also how can we incorporate it into app radar mm -hmm. and uh, how can we also you know, like make it usable for thousands of people there out there as well and uh, really bring in some you know like uh, very interesting use cases how to actually uh, you know what to do with uh, ai and mm -hmm. one of the really cool features that I have to say that we released there as well and to also maybe uh, draw a little bit or tell a story in this regard as well is yeah. uh, one of the features that we released uh, is uh, our so-called AI review summaries feature and it does more or less exactly what the name says. So what it means is when you log in with an app radar, you can search for any app uh, within the App Store or the Google Play Store and then you do some kind of filtering where you say, for example, okay, I'm interested in the United States and I'm interested in the last three months and then you click on generate summary and what we're doing in the background is uh, we're looking up uh, all the reviews that this app or game got within the specific time frame within the specific market and we create an executive summary out of it on the one hand side as well as we kind of draw the biggest pain points that were mentioned as well as already give some kind of solutions on how to address these pain points that were mentioned within those reviews and I mean it's it sounds very very easy but on the other hand side uh, you know when I was first pitching uh, this feature to to a customer of us and I was you know like telling them hey look this is something that we're working on and then she was looking up at me and she was saying aha okay and this is possible for all languages out there and I was yeah for sure that's possible for all languages and then she said okay that's actually 14 people at the company doing exactly what you just described 
And I said, yeah, well, well, you know, that's one click yeah. of a button, more or less, at AppRadar. So you maybe only need two people anymore, you know, like uh, once you also use our feature. And then she said, yeah, maybe only one. Yeah? <laughs> and, you know, it, I mean, let's face the truth. Yeah, on the one hand side, obviously, you know, like it's uh, we're talking about 14 jobs out there. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, I think it's the future. And uh, one mm-hmm. of the statements that I also read is, you know, in the future, there will be people, you know, like uh, profiting out of uh, also integrating AI into their use case and workflows and others Mm -hmm. that don't and they will be left behind uh, sooner or later because they will not be able to keep up the pace uh, how fast uh, things are moving. Uh, I think read uh, some kind of research recently and it was saying that I think for the developers the increase of efficiency was 30 to 50% which is like absolutely crazy. It's like tens numbers we're talking about. It's Mm. very it's a lot. Though from my side I began using ChatGPT and other AI based instruments just out of curiosity and I think tech guys out there like us we all did but at the same time I try to be polite for example because you never know how it will end so mm. hello yeah. how are you doing good right. morning <laughs> yeah yeah. I mean like I, I find myself with ChatGPT like congratulating it when it does a good job which, yeah. you, which you were bringing it up earlier Thomas like uh, it's, it's a leadership skill right you need yeah, exactly. to give positive reinforcements and then you know encourage it to look at it slightly differently and that, and that gives you good results So I'm curious about the field of prompt engineering generally. Uh, there's a great website called, I think it's called promptengineering.org or something, mm-hmm. just like a knowledge sharing place. In your appli- in the applications you've been speaking about, Thomas, is there any are there any kind of prompt engineering tips you could give our listeners and of course Stan and I in our uh, in our fictional game <laughs> company to to help us get started with these kinds of things? Yeah, so uh, I think one of the, the most important things, and there, there were also just some recent uh, uh, changes uh, announced in ChatGPT, but this is the kind of initial setup. So um, I just read on Twitter that it's now possible that you can give some, let's call it initial mindset uh, to ChatGPT, uh, mm-hmm. which kind of uh, the idea in the background is that kind of you're like, you're more or less always using it from for very similar use cases that are, you know, like attached to your personal life. Yeah. So therefore it makes sense that ChatGPT understands who are you as a person you know like for example like me you're like operating a business you know uh, I'm interested in marketing uh, you know uh, also in sales and so on and so forth so I'm kind of you know like uh, having a quite uh, let's say directed mindset you know in terms of how I want uh, ChatGPT to act compared for example to colleagues at my company who are developers who you know like ask completely different questions obviously compared to how I ask it yeah Uh, and so therefore one of the things uh, that I think is very important is uh, when starting to work with ChatGPT and here I would really say you know either you do the initial setup now which is technically possible but before that it was really that with opening up every new chat I was always telling it I want you to act as something or I am mm-hmm. doing this in my job and I need your help to have you help me in this role that I'm currently fulfilling so therefore kind of this initial setup to kind of guide uh, ChatGPT into you know, like uh, where exactly should you be uh, I think is very very crucial and also defines then you know like uh, the how good is the output how good is the research that you're getting back because also uh, on a logical uh, sense you know ChatGPT is you know like you know uh, has a very big knowledge from more or less uh, let's say more or less every topic that you can imagine and so therefore it's important that you kind of uh, you know fo- set the focus to something specific because otherwise it will go wild and then it's uh, very hard to control you know, like where it's going 
But the better you set this focus and the better you set it up in some kind of way, the better the results are. And as mentioned, the how to do it is, I think, very easy, actually. I want you to be my developer assistant. I want you to be my marketing assistant. I want you to be my CMO, you know, like whatever you want it to be. Just tell it and then, uh, you know, the results will already be a lot better. Yeah. When we were uh, asking it to make a match three game from that story I was telling before, we just said, you're a game design intern. Yeah, like, you're, not, you're not a master game designer. Please don't be, because I, I want to keep my job. You know, <laughs> maybe that you know, I want you to be the best game designer on the planet. Maybe it would be better. It would have been better. Yeah, 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 it gave me bad ideas because it was just an intern. Yeah, so anyone can have good ideas, even ChatGPT. Perfect. And now I think we can go in the final stage of our podcast. So usually uh, during each and every episode, we try to come up with some kind of recommendations in the end of the episode. This time, I think all of us can recommend playing with some kind of text-based uh, AI solution, for example, ChatGPT, because it is itself is a game, I might say. It's really interesting to see how the, the bot is working. For example, recently I've introduced a close friend of mine to ChatGPT and showed how it can be using the same tone of voice she's using and she was just shocked like the system is writing posts for instagram for marketing the same way she would write them well maybe like 75 80 percent but still it is absolutely frustrating and at the same time really captivating but based on that i say that my initial recommendation was to try some of the games out there that were made using ai-based solutions because well at least it's interesting for example there is a game called ai dungeon now, it's not the game itself, it's a series of games. Basically, it is a special chat generator inside that helps you to play different role scenarios, like a game master of your, of your own. So you can choose a setting, you can choose the initial situation, and then you and your friends online can chat with the thing like a text RPG and make your story go the way you want it. And it will be generated each time new. Sometimes it works, of course, a little bit strange and you want to push it to the limit, see how far you can get there in your story. But at the same time, it's absolutely captivating and it's so mind-blowing that there is a system that can game master the whole the whole world for you. Oh, very, very cool. Nice, huh? Yeah, Thomas, do you have a suggestion of any, of any games that are being led by by AI or have had AI as part of their uh, development cycle? Um, I mean, uh, I would say actually, you know, um, I would say there are already different plugins, uh, for example, for Unity that are already, you know, like uh, AI assisted as well. Yeah, I've already wow. seen some kind of game engines as well that are really purely based on AI. So text generation game engines. Yeah, so come up with a world, uh, build a house over there at the street, uh, at a car, at the character, you know, something like that. Uh, also, you know, like looking back into my beginnings of uh, game design and once again, the copycat uh, time yeah, where it was more or less replacing assets. Yeah, that is you know but the reason why i did it back then is because i was lacking the skills of doing something more so i think you know that is really uh, looking forward uh, i think uh, especially also unity as well as unreal as well as more dedicated uh, game engines as well only uh, going into this generative ai topic these are you know like uh, at least what i will be spending a lot of time with uh, in, this, in the next couple of months yeah once it's uh, fully there yeah but it will come and uh, you know that uh, being curious uh, being open-minded to 
try those things out would be my recommendation because uh, I think this will be groundbreaking. Yeah, definitely. I'm super impressed by you, uh, Stan, coming up with AI Dungeon. That's really, it's really good. I must confess, I don't know of a game right now that has been developed by AI. So I will give a different recommendation. If sure you thing. haven't played with uh, ChatGPT yet, a really wonderful way to do so is to, if you don't feel like coming up with something to cook, look in your fridge. <laughs> List the ingredients and tell ChatGPT to give you the, the top five most nutritious meals that can be created with what you have in your fridge. And it's amazing what it comes up with. Of course, you got to tell it that it is your chef, personal chef, mm -hmm. and it, your goals in life are to be healthy, of course, or maybe not. Maybe you are having a <laughs> cheat day and you don't want to be healthy at all. But it's a really fun way to kind of interact with the tool and see how close it gets to what you're looking for. Kind of what Thomas was talking about at the beginning, this grooming the AI's responses to help get you closer and closer to the goal. You can ask it to give another variation on a, on a different thing. Or if I wanted to add something to make this even better, what would I add? It can continue to give you good, uh, good examples. And then you don't have to think about what to cook for dinner either. Sounds wonderful. Actually, I'm using ChatGPT for different recipes. Uh, uh -huh. I think I was using it for the last several weeks. And it really? works. works like a charm. <laughs> yeah, nice. it is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, so that's a good way. So guys out there, if you want to try it, you should totally maybe spice up both your technological knowledge and your day-to-day -day meal routines might really help you. Spice up is a good pun because maybe it'll be a spicy dish that you create with Chinese Indeed. <laughs> That's true. Who knows? Who knows? All right. So guys, thank you for a wonderful episode. I think it was really, really insightful. Thomas, thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much for the invitation. I really enjoyed it a lot, guys. Nice, yeah. yeah, it was really fun. Thanks for the conversation, Thomas, Stan, of course. Thanks, yes. Likewise, yes, guys, Stan, yeah. it was fantastic. So thank you for being with us today. All the viewers and listeners out there, take care. See you on our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.